The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. At that time, Jesus came to Jericho and intended to pass through the town. Now a man there named Zacchaeus, who was the chief tax collector and also a wealthy man, was seeking to see who Jesus was. But he could not see him because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. When he reached the place, Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay at your house. And he came down quickly and received him with joy. When they all saw this, they began to grumble, saying, He has gone to stay at the house of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Behold, half of my possessions, Lord, I give to the poor. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it four times over. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a descendant of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. The Gospel of the Lord. Last week I began my homily at the 11.30 Mass with a quote from Cardinal Newman. Now... St. John Henry Newman. Although, as I said, there are certain people whom I think we will always know by their more familiar title, Cardinal Newman. Like St. Teresa of Calcutta is Mother Teresa. And St. Pio of Petrucina is Padre Pio. And Mother Cabrini. And Mother Seton. But what he said was, probably his most famous quote that many of you know, he said, to live is to change. To be perfect is to have changed often. It's an important statement. To live is to change, and to be perfect is to have changed often. Last week in the Gospel, we had that well-known parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. The Pharisee in the temple thanked God for his virtue. And then proclaimed his virtue to God in the event that God didn't know it. The tax collector, on the other hand, as we recall, wouldn't even look up to wouldn't raise his eyes to heaven, but kept beating his breast, saying, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. The tax collector went home a radically different man, a changed man, a transformed man. The Pharisee did not. The Pharisee who left the temple was the same Pharisee who came in. Today, we have real people that live out this parable. Our Lord is in Jericho. We were told he's intending to pass through the town. Of course, everybody has heard about him. He's well known for his teaching and his miracles. And there's this man named Zacchaeus who appears only once, 
as sometimes they, but he's given a proper name this time. Not everyone is. Zacchaeus, who was not only a tax collector, but the chief tax collector. Remember, the tax collectors were hated people because they worked for the Romans. The Romans gave them a certain quota that they had to collect. Anything over and above that was theirs, and they had the authority to take it if they wanted it. This man is not just the tax collector. He's the chief tax collector, and we are told, as a result, a wealthy man. But he's curious. He's curious that's all. Uh, he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But there's a spark of faith in him, and our Lord knows that, as he knows it in us, too. He's seeking to see Jesus. But he can't see him because he's short. Short in stature. So he runs ahead and climbs a tree. And the gospel is specific. He climbs a sycamore tree in order to see our Lord. Now he doesn't expect, first of all, to be noticed. If he is noticed, he doesn't expect to be spoken to. And if someone does speak to him, it won't be pleasant. It'll be a rebuke. But why should Jesus speak to him anyway? But our Lord knows him. And not only does he arrive at the same spot, he looks at him and calls him by name, Zacchaeus. And then gives him a command. Remember, our Lord doesn't make suggestions in Scripture. He doesn't ask questions. He doesn't ask for opinions. He simply commands. And that's what he does with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, come down quickly. Today I must stay at your house. And he comes down and receives him with great joy. He's already a changed man. But the people around him aren't. These are the Pharisees and the others. They all saw this began to grumble, saying, he has gone to stay at the house of a sinner. They aren't changed by the presence of our Lord, but Zacchaeus is. And it's a radical change, too. It's not just a different disposition. He speaks and quite literally puts his money where his mouth is. Half of my possessions, Lord, I shall give to the poor. Half. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it four times over. Four times. That's conversion. Not just going back to the beginning, not just going back to what I was, but I'm going to go far beyond anything I expected to be. My conversion will go beyond just the ordinary. It will be a radical conversion. And our Lord then proclaims that today salvation has come to this house. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. What a beautiful story. What happened to Zacchaeus? We have no idea. It's It's not necessary that we know. We know that he was, and we know that he was converted, and he went on to lead a new life. Because he was called, and called by name. You know, today is Vocation Awareness Week. I don't realize, I don't think we realize that we too have been called by name. I think we have this sort of vague relationship to our Lord often without realizing that he does call us by name, moment by moment. By name to lead a particular kind of life. Now, of course, as, as we know, there are many professions, but only three vocations. The married life, the single life, and the religious life. And right now, we're all leading one of them. Even newborn infants are leading a single life, although they don't know it. 
Uh, we are all leading one of those lives to which we have been called by God. We didn't wander into it by accident or simply by some sort of disposition. Now, I think I'm inclined to this. I guess, that, I guess I'll get married nothing else to do. But I think I'll become single. I just sort of like my freedom. And, of course, nobody ever enters religious life casually. They do it because they really think that they're called to it ordinarily. Although God can use strange things to call people to religious life, too. Something very ordinary, something that we don't even think of. I remember with one great convert, Paul Claudel, who was listening to the Magnificat sung at Vespers in Notre Dame on Christmas evening. He was converted on the spot. But we are called to one of those lives. By name, we are called to it. I don't think of very people think that. I'm called by God to this life, to lead this life. Not just something I decided on, nor can I determine it completely. It's up to God to bring this to fruition. And so we are like Zacchaeus. We've been called, but we've also been called from something. We are always called from sin, of course, to holiness, all of us. It goes without saying. And we are then called after that to realize our holiness in a particular state of life. The first call of marriage, the first call of the single life, the first call of religious life is to holiness. For instance, today, people refer to a shortage of clergy, which means a shortage of priests. Well, there's no shortage of priests being called. It's a shortage of people answering the call. That's the problem. Remember God's, I mentioned this before, antecedent will and his consequent will. God can be calling us to something, his first call. We don't want to answer that call. We'd rather answer, we'd rather become something else. And so even this wasn't what God was calling us to. It's a good thing, and God will then consequently call us to that. Uh, our job is to be open to the call, which only comes in silence. And once we have answered the call or begun to answer it, we then have to remain in his presence in silence to learn how to live it. You know, I am... Um, the other day I heard of a parish in which um, the penitential rite, the beginning of Mass, is seldom ever used. Uh, that parish is in trouble. The people can't answer their call until they've experienced the forgiveness of God, particularly at the beginning of Mass. Or, for instance, of a priest who doesn't wash his hands at the end of the preparation of the gifts. That's a problem. We don't, if we don't recognize ourselves for what we are and recognize our own need for God's mercy, we really can't live the life we were called to lead. So, um, if you are inclined to a particular vocation, there's a good chance that God is calling you to it. Uh, but that can go back and forth sometimes. Uh, very often when people enter the seminary, uh, perhaps most of the class isn't ordained because they realize that they aren't called to it, or they may simply be afraid of it. Uh, but if someone chooses not to enter a particular form of life because they are unwilling to make the sacrifice, then they do have a problem, because there will always be sacrifice in whatever vocation we're called to if we are going to follow Jesus Christ. And we have to accept that. So you young men and women out there, right now we're leading a single life, and you don't know quite what you're called to, you have to ask God to tell you. And in silence, he will. By the way, it's always best to be in silence before the Blessed Sacrament because we can hear him better. Uh, I mean, now, we can't all do that, I realize, but when, if we can, we can. Um, 
because the Eucharist will tell us immediately. The Eucharist is the, the sure answer to whatever our questions might be if we're willing to hear it. Sitting in his presence, we can hear things we don't otherwise hear. We might not want to hear them, but we will hear them. And so we have to respond then to that call. Uh, I think part of the reason we've had a problem in recent years that I've mentioned, I'm going to keep not mentioning this, is that we have lost the sense of the sacred. The lost of, we've lost the sense of the presence of God, of the transcendence of God, of the majesty of God, and the incarnation and love of God. Until I realize God's transcendence, his otherness, I can never appreciate his love in the incarnation, in the Eucharist. That's, how I, that's what made our Lord uh, such an, so different that they were dealing with someone who had brought to them both the love of humanity and the love of divinity in one person. Are, it's overwhelming to us and should be overwhelming to us. We are here to do something beyond our imagination that gives us the strength to do what God is calling us to do. How very simple. Uh, I like those those words again of Cardinal Newman. I mentioned last All Saints Day too. We are often afraid of the call to holiness because we are willing to answer the call to what I called an elevated mediocrity, but not holiness. We are not called to an elevated mediocrity. We are called to holiness. So simply because I'm better than you are doesn't mean that I'm what I'm supposed to be, or if you're better than I am, you can't say, well, I can just be, I'm just fine the way I am. No, we aren't. We can compare ourselves only to one person, to Jesus Christ, and to the saints. So, read the lives of the saints. When we stop doing that, we stop being challenged. That one, to keep that in mind with Cardinal Newman's beautiful statement, to live is to change, to be perfect is to have changed often. Well, he will now go on to continue to change. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you, rejoicing in the love of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, her members will always respond to the call of God to repentance and conversion, to holiness of life. We pray to the Lord. Lord, For all nations of the world, especially our own and for our politicians, they will hear the voice of God calling them by name to serve their country with truth and injustice. We pray to the Lord. Lord, For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, that in their suffering they may know that they are serving God and answering his call. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have rejected the call of God, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For a greater respect for human life, especially life in the womb and at the end, we pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who heroically answer the call of God as he calls them by name to serve the church in a unique way, for a greater reverence for the heroic call of marriage in the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, having spent time in the presence of the risen Lord, they may continue to answer their call ever more perfectly. We pray to the Lord. Lord, 
for the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, that they may be joined to the company of the saints, all those remembered particularly in our book of remembrance for the dead and those on the altar. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, that our lives will be daily transformed by the grace that we have received, particularly the grace of the Eucharist, to first of all discern our call and then to daily grow in that grace. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We now join our prayers to those of the Queen of all saints and the refuge of sinners as we sing. Mm-hmm. 